one of my favorite speakeasies Allegory, which is located behind the Eaton DC's awesome bookcase of civil and human rights books. Allegory's menu is based on the stories of Alice in Wonderland and civil rights superhero Ruby Bridges, while the bar's walls are decorated with Ruby Bridges' adventures down the rabbit hole. Allegory's fierce leader and bar manager is Deke Dunn, my friend and a bartender who kept me drunk and entertained since his rookie Ramos Gin Fizz days at Foggy Bottoms Rasika in 2018. And yes, the Ramos Gin Fizz is no easy drink to defeat. Deke comes from the humble beginnings of a farming family in middle America and approaches each new bartending journey with the grace and focus of a samurai. Calm, cool, collected, and ready to step up to the bar top. And yet, his most relatable character is far from a samurai. Blame it on the Cartoon Network hairdo, I suppose. Anyways, I'm excited for you fellow food enthusiasts to meet Deke. Welcome to Allegory. Welcome to Cravings We Trust. I'm here with Deke from Allegory. He is the bar manager at the Allegory Speakeasy at the Eaton DC in downtown DC. Thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. So before we dive into the concept of Allegory, how long have you been a bartender for? I started bartending in 2009. So in college, I basically lied my way into a bartending position at a sports bar in Miami, Wyoming, and it helped pay the rent, helped pay my uh, student loans, get me through college. And then uh, when I uh, worked in politics, because I worked in politics also from 2009 to 2016, um, I always bartended on the weekends, but you know, dive bars, uh, clubs, that type of thing. So nothing too fancy schmancy, but it wasn't until uh, 2016 when I left politics for what should be obvious reasons, given the date. Um, I transitioned more to the cocktail side of things, and that's when I really found my passion for cocktails. That's kind of the beginning of the Allegory story. And before you came to Allegory, what was your idea of a craft cocktail at the time? Um, at that point, I was thinking of cocktails as mostly like a vessel for flavor. Mm -hmm. um, now, it was a very simplistic idea of cocktails, which is great because that's what cocktails are designed to do. They're designed to taste good. Um, they're just designed to make people happy if they're supposed to sip them and feel joy. That's the basic core concept. That's kind of my focus before I joined Allegory. And then after we've uh, spent the last four years developing Allegory's program, my focus on cocktails is much more uh, built around like a more, um, let's say, larger scope, uh, focusing on meaning, story, purpose using the cocktails as a literary device, as a storytelling device, using the cocktails to convey a message much broader than just the flavors, while also keeping the deliciousness of the cocktail intact. So the baseline now is that the cocktail has to be absolutely delicious. Mm -hmm. the, the progress that we've made on cocktails and allegories that we now attach much larger meaning, storytelling and purpose to our cocktails, which is uh, for me the real foundation of allegory mm -hmm. and foundation of my style of bartending is uh, uh, the broader storytelling, the broader purpose-driven storytelling uh, that we attach to our cocktails and tell to our cocktails. Speaking of storytelling, yeah. um, I've noticed that the menu is called Down the Rabbit Hole. Yeah. Could you describe that menu? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, coming out of the pandemic, we, um, we really wanted to re-educate all our guests about what allegory is as a bar. Um, Pre-pandemic, uh, we had some issues with like lighting this world-class mural that spans our entire block. It was dimly lit, wasn't properly lit, um, and a lot of people just didn't really understand like the scale and scope of the, of the painting and the mural. Mm -hmm. And our entire ethos as a bar is built around 
murals uh, done by an artist called Eric Gore Sandberg, and it depicts a surreal Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. But the allegory, the deeper hidden meaning, is that Alice also represents Ruby Bridges, one of the first black girls to desegregate an all-white school in Louisiana. She was a civil rights leader, uh, went on to write a bunch of children's books, and just like has spent her entire life educating children about the causes and effects of racism. So we really wanted to dive into that story and really educate our guests on what allegory means. And mm-hmm. so we partnered with the artist Eric Gore Sandberg again with Ruby Mural. And we developed a menu called Down the Radical, where we really flesh out the idea of an allegory, which is two, telling two separate stories. Usually one with like a more fantastical storytelling style, and then one with a more of a political underlying tone or meaning. So for us, we divided that into both sides of the menu. On one side, we have the story of Ruby going to school for the first time as a young six-year-old, uh, into an all-white school for the first time. And then on the other side, we have Alice going into Wonderland for the first time. And those two stories run side by side throughout our entire menu, like a visual representation of an allegory. Mm-hmm. And so all of our cocktails were explicitly um, uh, influenced by the art, uh, inspired by the art, and act as a, well, we, we try to use our cocktails as a, a form of uh, storytelling in the actual physical story as well. Create almost like a, uh, like a 360, 4D experience for the guests. Mm-hmm. So they might not know what they're experiencing, but they, they sense it, they feel it, they feel the detail, they feel the, uh, the storytelling in the way. Sometimes they won't, but yeah. I uh, feel like they just experience something special. So that was the whole concept behind the menu. Well, I understand that maybe choosing a favorite cocktail on that menu would be asking you to choose a favorite child, but yeah. assuming that I was a new person coming into Allegory, what's a drink that you would like to welcome me in down the rabbit hole with? Yeah, so we actually spent a lot of time thinking about how the cocktail menus laid out. So um, I always love low ABV, tall, refreshing cocktails to start the menu. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great place for anybody to start their night when they want to drink. Um, so our very first cocktail is called the Looking Glass. That's basically was designed after the portal that Alice and Ruby taste into their new crazy wild world. Mm-hmm. So it's this beautifully clear carbonated cocktail that's light, refreshing, and low alcohol. So it's like the best cocktail to start with because you're just going to pack one your palate, get a, get a little of the juices flowing, start feeling good. And, you know, it's a super positive drink with a lot of like fresh flavors. So that's like the, it's a, for me, point A. And then from there, it's, it's like then our menu flows, like, you know, we get more, you know, brighter flavors and deeper, darker flavors, more spirit forward. And then, you know, we end with like some citrusy cocktails. So we try to create a journey for you. So you start with the looking glass, which is this. Vodka, pisco, chayote squash, and like yuzu and lime uh, champagne cocktail that we uh, that we carbonate, and then put a little scoop of uh, sorbet on top for you to eat. I have had the sorbet yeah. one. I remember like licking and sipping, and it was a yeah. very interesting experience. Yeah, exactly. It was very delicious. Yeah. Is there? I know you said the looking glass is your recommended starting point. Is mm-hmm. there a favorite drink that you like to make at Allegory? Um. I would say basically all of our drinks, we spend so much time on them beforehand, before we open, so that we can deliver such a high end products quickly and efficiently to the guest. Mm-hmm. So, as far as like the physical making of the cocktail, I wouldn't say there's a particular favorite, particular favorite, but what I really, really truly enjoy is talking to the guest, figuring out where they are, mm-hmm. you know, mentally, emotionally, figuring out like, did I just have a long day? What do I need? What do I want? 
drink and delivering that drink for them and then having them react in such a positive way like that's that's what makes me like really happy so all of our drinks you know as far as execution they're um, very similar in their execution but yeah it's, it's that reaction that really makes me happy like when somebody finds like the perfect drink for their mood or the perfect drink for their moment you know whatever you know, they're on a date or they're long on a day or um, they're trying to turn up and have fun and they get that one cocktail it's like oh this is perfect like that's a really good moment you sound like a doctor yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit. Not to over-aggrandize my job, but because at the end of the day, we do put alcohol into a glass, so we're not you know, saving lives. But it is fun to really uh, kind of dive into the psychology of people and figure out, you know, what they need in that moment. Mm-hmm. And to be able to deliver that is a really, really good feeling. So I know that there's quite a few speakeasies in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. What makes Allegory unique compared to other speakeasies in the area? Yeah, so I don't... So one thing we really want to do is, like, we want to move from a lot of the classic speakeasy motifs. Um, when we first opened, we actually didn't call ourselves a speakeasy at all. We just called ourselves a slightly hidden cocktail bar inside the Eaton Hotel. Mm-hmm. But uh, we lost the branding more. We are officially a speakeasy in DC. And since then, we have like very much leaned into the sort of motif. But uh, one of the things that like separates us from like classic modern speakeasies are we like we don't put a huge um, emphasis on like classic cocktails, like pre-prohibition cocktails, a lot of modern speakeasies, uh, definitely, you know, they, they have the classic, you know, um, candlelit, leather-bound, incandescent light, um, you know, aesthetic, you know, bartenders um, rocking the classic, you know, button up with the bow tie or the tie or anything like that, you know, the very classic modern speakeasy aesthetic. So we try to move the speakeasy motif into much more of a modern, take um, with mm-hmm. like our design of the bar, the our playlist, you know, um, our menus, um, you know, just how we operate service, all that type of thing. Now there are still a lot of similarities, you know, we're slightly dimly lit, um, uh, we're slightly more defined, uh, you know, we wear aprons because, you know, we're bartenders, we're cocktail bartenders, but, uh, you know, there's, that's, those are just kind of like superficial aesthetics. We really try to move into a more like modern, vibrant style, like hidden cocktail bar, as opposed to like the more like old school pre prohibition style, like subdued style cocktail bar. Um, so, like, uh, there's just really nobody in the city doing this like overarching thematic style bar that's, I consider Alvory more of like an experience than just like a cocktail bar because we got the, the art, you know, we're telling stories through the menu, all our drinks. Tell, tell the story, the music, the vibe, everything plays into one larger cohesive experience, which I think is uh, unique to DC. I know that uh, Allegory hosts a lot of pop-ups, mm-hmm. at least recently. I went to the Hapusa yeah. Gin pop-up last year, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, is there a certain theme that Allegory seeks when they're throwing these pop-ups, or is it kind of anyone's welcome to teach their craft? Um, for the most part, anybody's welcome. I am very selective on who I invite, uh, in the sense that um, they need to align with allegories, uh, not necessarily aesthetic, but very much like our, our ethos. Not to name any names, but there are very popular, very problematic bars out there that we just won't invite to our bar mm-hmm. um, because they've had you know long term overarching issues, either how we deal with guests or how we deal with our employees or whatever the case is we we always try to align ourselves with bars that share a similar philosophy 
um, have the same kind of outlook on the, on the bar industry as we do. Um, with that being said, we also want to highlight like as many beautiful cultures as possible. Like the Hadoos event, bringing uh, Priyanka and Himan uh, in from India and New York respectively, and then showcasing all these beautiful Indian spices in DC, like, you know, really, really had a like profound positive impact on a lot of people who came to the, the master class and even pop up later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And um, so our focus is, yeah, really to bring a new and exciting experience that doesn't exist in DC. Uh, because I think it's super important as DC, you know, we are a very insular community. We have one of the best cocktail communities in the country. I think within five years, we'll be one of the best in the world. I think that's the direction we're moving. But with that being said, a lot of our community is very, very insular, mm-hmm. but it isn't necessarily exposed to a lot of outside ideas. So my goal with these pop-ups are to bring people that are doing very unique, very cool, very interesting genre-defining things to DC so that it can potentially influence like the next generation of barmen, the next generation of bar owners, you know, uh, bar people, and you know, have a like a positive impact on our industry. Uh, while I'm getting to enjoy some really dope drinks for some really dope people. So in the past year of pop-ups, any mm-hmm. particular drinks come to mind? Um, there was two pop-ups that I think that had like a really profound uh, impact. Um, well, three, I guess. Uh, employees only, because from New York, they're very much a very, uh, one of the first like major cocktail bars ever pop up like in the world, uh, modern cocktail bars, and they free pour all their ingredients which the modern cocktail bartender just like absolutely melts down when they see somebody free pour a cocktail. Like everyone's taught, we, we measure with jiggers and employees only, they developed their own technique where they free pour and that sent our entire bar community to a hissy fit until they actually enjoyed the drinks and realized like, oh, there's, there's just more than one proper way to do it just because I don't know which way to mean that there's, right. you know, it, I think that kind of expanded people's consciousness slightly. Um, the Angel Share pop-up with uh, Sune um, from New York. He introduced DC to a very elegant, very um, controlled style of Japanese bartending, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people were really deeply influenced by that. Um, and then, yeah, the uh, the, Indi- the Indian co- uh, contingent with uh, Priyanka and Haman, I think the flavors that they were working with like really expanded some consciousness as well, I think. I mean, there were flavors that I hadn't tried before, you know, and I've since gone to India and tried some of those, like, in India, and it's such an incredible one. Like, that has just personally forever changed my palate, and I think it really exposed a lot of people in our industry to uh, flavors and to ideas, you know, that they may have never been exposed to. Yeah. And I think you've already answered this just now, but how have you grown as a bartender at Allegory? Oh, I've grown immensely. Um like I said, when I first showed up at Allegory, I thought we were just going to be putting really tasty liquids in glasses, which is what we're still doing mm-hmm. um, to oversimplify. But like at the same time, um, understanding I went from being a bartender to the running the program. And from that journey has led me to understanding the much larger cohesive picture surrounding, you know, the bar, um, you know, and how the intricacies of the bar, how it all works together, how it flows together, the storytelling, the overarching themes, you know, the light and the vibe, how it all ties together to create like an awesome like experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, beforehand, I was very much just focused on the drink. Now, um, I still am very interested in making cocktails, but now my interest is very much focused on 
uh, the larger picture, which has been a, a really fun journey for me because that has been kind of born out of, um, like I said, being exposed to other cultures, being exposed to other bartenders, visiting other people's bars, like really, really focusing on, uh, on, you know, what's possible, mm-hmm. you know, really moving beyond my own sedentary, like deeply ingrained beliefs and trying to think like, oh, what's next? Like trying, instead of focusing on making good drinks, I'm always, I'm, now I'm starting to think about like, what's next for allegory? What's next for me? Like what's new and interesting that we can do within this framework that we built ourselves? Like the allegory framework, the storytelling, how, what, 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 what can we do within that space to like push ourselves? Yeah. Push the DC factor. And that's like going from the point A where I was just a baby bartender when we opened up allegory, in my opinion, and now it's where I'm at now. Within like a massive like shift in like my mentality. Yeah. Well, it's as someone who's been going to Allegory, I think since it opened, it's been really nice to see you grow. Like I think you've gone from bartender to culinary storyteller, and yeah. it's a really nice journey to be able to witness as someone who comes regularly. I love you, Joy. Yeah. Well, my last question to you before we wrap up this interview is: It's last call at Allegory. If you're cleaning up for the night, what are you sipping on before you head home? Um. Well, because it's January, since this one we're filming this, uh, I'm sipping on a soda. All right. I'm doing dry January. But usually my my comfort drink at the end of the night is like a very tiny meat pour of something I really enjoy. So like a, an aged rum. Uh, my favorite category is uh, rums. Um, my second favorite category is mezcal. So either a rum or a mezcal, sipping in meat, just like, you know, tiny little sips. Just enough to take the edge off of the chaotic night and enough to put me into a more relaxed mood as we're closing down the bar. Sounds good. Well, yeah. I hope that you're able to enjoy that in February. <laughs> yeah, coming up soon. All right, thanks for joining. Yeah.